Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Bears Nation Podcast. Powered by ONTAP Sports Network. What about you? Well, I'm sitting here eating my pancakes, thinking about moving number one. Really? You'd consider a trade? I'd consider the right one. Bears Nation. Overall, just really excited. We got better as a football team. You know, that kicked off with a trade. You had a player like DJ Moore who can help us right now get better. I was over the moon about that. Walker fires downfield, looking for DJ Moore. Oh, the end zone makes a diving catch for a touchdown. Wow. I think everybody's level can reach a new level. I was talking to Mooney about being together with Chase, and I was just going to elevate the offense and just elevate Justin at the same time because I'm here to just make everybody around me better, and we're just going to try to go get some wins. It's the Bears Nation podcast, the pre-draft edition. Here's your hosts. Kevin Lapka, Kellen Garenstein, and Jake Hassan. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. Welcome in Bears Nation podcast. It is Monday, April 24th. It is draft week. It's finally here. I'm before we get into this, myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka. I just need it to happen already. Like it's just we're we're so over like we've so, we're so oversaturated with draft information and rumors. And I don't know how many times in the past uh, two months I've said, well, where there's smoke, there's fire. Or there's some, you know, it's just like we need we need <laughs> Roger so Goodell stupid. to be bringing the cards to the podium and announcing the picks. Are you? And now we're just a couple days away. It's here. It's on the doorstep. Couldn't have come at a better time. Couldn't have come sooner. We're just it's time for these picks to get made. And so here we are today. We're going to go through one more mock, uh, go through one more projection of what we think is going to happen, what we think might happen. And uh, before we even get into this, I have a thought about the way this draft is going to go for the Bears. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. But I mean, Kevin, do you feel the same way I do? Like, it's just it, it's got to happen. Yeah, it's <laughs> like every, every day it's like, you know, th- this is the Bears guy at nine. Pa- Paris Johnson is their guy. BJ right. Robinson is their guy at nine. But I will say, I think Ryan Poles is doing that for a reason. And we'll get to that. Um, but I am over it. Like I just put out a full first round mock draft on, on Ted sports network. You guys can check it out. This is not what I think is actually going to happen for the bears. It's just more of like an exploration of what could happen in this first round. And, you know, I've seen a lot of tweets about it and we've talked about before. This feels like one of the most unpredictable first rounds in recent memory, right? Like you have no, just again, with the ambiguity of where Jalen Carter will go and now Tyree Wilson, potentially the rising mob, Will Anderson, which teams are going to trade up, which quarterbacks can be taken. Like it just seems very ambiguous and unpredictable and it's going to make for a really interesting night. Um, But I am done. Like it's. It, this always happens every year. It's like we we get this, you get oversaturated with the content, the mock drafts, and we're just like, we need it. There's too many rumors. There's too many things that turn out in hindsight to be completely false. And at some point, like I think pundits and and draft analysts and guys just like make shit up for content. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the well, B. I mean, when Robinson you've been talking about it for two months, real. like yeah. there's only so many, so much you can draw the string out. So no, I mean totally, and and that's I think it could go any. Way I think uh, I mean we've talked about trades another trade before obviously the Bears moved from one to nine um, and so we'll talk about it. we'll talk about all the different things that we think might happen but this is Bears Nation podcast brought to you by ONTAP Sports Network go to ONTAP Sports get everything you need for your Chicago sports fix but we press on here Kevin the more that I think about it and the more that I see you know and obviously. In the space that I work in, I'm I, I'm more tuned into the gambling odds of what that tells you. Mm-hmm. And Will Levis is now the overwhelming favorite to go number two overall, which I mean we talked about in our last episode. It was great for me yeah, holding a twenty to one ticket yeah, for Will Levis really to go number two overall. I feel fantastic. And I'm hoping, you know, <coughs> excuse me, you know, the prayer circle full effect right now <laughs> working. for that. Yeah, apparently it's working, which would be great. I would be very, very happy if that happened. But um 
you know, the more that we talk about this, and you talk about Tyree Wilson now is favored to go as the first defensive player too. He's now become the favorite for that as well. And there's just so much different stuff. Because we went from Jalen Carter mm-hmm. being the favorite to be the first defensive player selected, possibly at number one by the Bears. Then, you know, all the off-the-field stuff happens, whether it be, you know, the misdemeanor charges and the racing charges or the bad pro day and, you know, him canceling his visits with anyone outside of the top ten. And then Will Anderson becomes, the you know, the favorite for first defensive player. And he was there for a while. And now Tyree Wilson has come up to that spot, too, where to the point where it's, well, is Tyree Wilson going to get taken second by the Texans if they don't take a quarterback? Or are the Cardinals going to take him at three if they stay there and don't trade out? So it's just very interesting. The more that this happens and the more turnover and the way things are changing, I do think that, and, and you know, we talked about it in our last episode, I didn't think there was another chance that the Bears would trade down again. We kind of talked about it, and you kind of started to bring me around it. I think there's probably like a coin flip chance now, even if it's just to 11 with the Titans. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say Anthony Richardson's still on the board at nine and gets past Atlanta and Vegas. Um, and let's say the first, the other top three are already off the board. I think there's a chance that the Bears now trade back as people start to rise and fall because you were sitting at a point now where you might see someone like Christian Gonzalez fall outside the top 10. For sure. And and so that's someone who we talked about, someone who you're very high on for the Bears to take as well. So I think there's a lot of options here, and I I don't think I'm going to be surprised by very much come Thursday night. Really? By what the Bears do or just the draft in general? Both. Okay. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears stay. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded down. I'm just kind of thinking that this could really go anyway, and – I won't be surprised, really, either which way, whatever it goes. Yeah, I mean, I I think I won't be surprised because I'm almost 100% conviction that they're going to trade. Like, that's where I'm at. The Bears are going to trade. That's where I'm at right now. I know Jalen Carter, uh, I believe, when we're talking about betting odds, as of Monday, today, April 24th, he is the leading favorite for uh, the odds on favorite to be taken at number nine overall by the Bears, especially with these reports today that apparently Paris Johnson Jr. is like unlikely to make it out of the top nine. Again, this is, goes back to all these things that Jake and I are talking about every day. It's some different report that ends up not being true, and I'm sure that that one's not true. I would be shocked, actually, if, uh, if Paris Johnson was taken you know, above pick eight. That would actually kind of surprise me just with the, the – the density of talent still going to be available for a lot of these teams with four quarterbacks taken uh, in in the top 10. But we talked earlier about, you know, here's these rumors about, okay, Ryan Pohl said this is their guy and this is their guy and this is their guy and Bijan Robinson, speculation, don't sleep on him. And I told you I think there's a reason for that and I'll tell you what I think that reasoning is. I think Ryan Pohl's is actively like if he's been doing this right he's he's out there he's he's been he did this one before the trade to Carolina he's making himself present on what he likes and what he wants and he's going out there to all these teams and to these you know these insiders who are sharing these reports that hey I like this guy and I like this guy and when it becomes our pick at number nine there's a lot of these guys I like and if you want to jump up to number nine for one of these guys, you got to pay a pretty price because I like a lot of them, right? And yep. this is our guy. And what he's doing is he's setting himself up to have leverage in those situations to accrue more assets. So when we do and reveal these mock drafts here that Jake and I have created, I do have a trade, um, you know, at, at number nine. And I think Ryan Poles, his intent is to trade that pick. And like you're mentioning here, with the, the shuffling that's going on in the top 10, there's a chance that you can even trade later if it's 17 yeah. to Pittsburgh and still get a really talented player like a Broderick Jones or or even a Devin Witherspoon or something like that like yep. you're going to get a very good player even if you trade down past you know number 16 which is you know middle of the first round so hey, I think I'm 100% in on a trade I think that's going to be the play and also if you're it's almost like this Jake like if you have multiple blue chip players at nine that are still mm-hmm. available for you but you don't want to pick one, that could also be an avenue where, sure. you, where you trade down. You say there, there, there's three of them we like, but Let we don't like one more than the other. Yeah, and, and then, you know, because we don't like one significantly more than the other, we trade down. We so that would be like a scenario like when you're, like I brought up, the Tennessee scenario. You know, you move back to 11 and, and you know, instead They're of right. 17 or 20 or what have you. You know, you move to 11, that gives you nine and 10 to let Tennessee, I mean, theoretically, Tennessee would probably take like an Anthony Richardson or who, one of the quarterbacks who's available. But then at 10, who's at 10? Uh, I'm blanking. Sorry, I 10? should know this. 
It, it, it's hmm. not anyone. Uh, is it the oh the Eagles? Eagles. Duh. Sorry, yeah. So then, no. Well, they'll take Bijan Robinson. So no, no, I'm kidding. Um, so I mean, maybe yeah. they make. You know, maybe you're between. You know, let's just say Peter Skaronsky and Christian Gonzalez. Let's say the Eagles take Skaronsky. All right, then you're up at eleven. You go. Okay, well, the decision was made for us. So I, I do think that there's some credibility uh, to that for sure, and which is why I, I kind of think that there might be a trade as well. Which is why I said, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes any which way. So. Yeah, I, I mean, let's get into kind of our mocks and what we think is going to happen. Uh, you're excited. You texted me. I think I might have the greatest mock of all time. So by all means. Yeah. I, you want me to go first? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so as I mentioned, I'm doing a trade here at number nine overall. So let's start it off again. Number nine. I'm going with, I, I said before, um, when we did this a week ago, when the smoke with the Pittsburgh Steelers was created, I said, I only think the Steelers would trade up for Jalen Carter, and then you kind of convinced me that that might not 100% be the case. And I went back and I realized just how bad the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line was. Kenny Pickett wasn't getting sacked a whole lot, but that run game was abysmal. I mean, Najee yep. Harris had a huge down year, and I think their ideology is, look, if Jalen Carter's not there, hey, we still need a guy to protect Kenny Pickett. If this is going to be our young franchise quarterback, that's important. Um, you know, he's not the most mobile guy, and we want this running game to thrive if we're going to rely on that. Um and I think they're going to trade up, whether it is for Jalen Carter or an offensive tackle. I think the Steelers are going to go up and get their guy at nine. And in return, the Bears are going to get round two, pick number 32, the pick that they traded for Chase Claypool. <laughs> okay. They're going to get it back. And it's going to be like in the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner. Ryan Poles is going to sit there and he's like, and I want my goddamn pick back. That's what he's going to say. I want my goddamn pick back. And if he gets that pick back... Unbelievable, like <laughs> right? And and look, it's not. So you'd be moving from what nine, nine to and seventeen. So moving down eight spots, which I think is uh, to get. You know, it, it's interesting. This might benefit you here that it's considered a second rounder at number thirty-two. Right. It's technically a first rounder, right. but it's labeled as a second rounder. That might help you a little bit. I don't know if teams really see that that way, but that's like. I mean, you're moving down eight slots, and if the Steelers really like somebody, you're going to have to pay that price. I'm sorry, that's the price that you have to pay. I mean, there's right. a chance that they could give up or that they could get back. The, the Steelers have two second round picks, which is why I think this trade is more likely. If the Steelers had one second round pick, I would say no way they're just going to trade that and, and forfeit their second round pick to move up here. They have too many holes on their roster to afford that. But I think they've got like 48 or 49 as well, just just their natural pick sure. that, um, that they get from you know their record last year. So you get pick number 32 back. Which would rectify everything, right? I mean, everyone sure. was so upset about the Chase Claypool thing. You get that tra- pick back, and then at 17 overall, Bears select Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia. So they get their guy at tackle. They're t- 17 is too late for Paris Johnson. It's too late for um, for Peter Skaronsky. But again, one of these guys is going to fall. And Broderick Jones, in my opinion, has the potential to be the best tackle of all of them. Sure. I mean, this is a guy that played at Georgia. He was he was dominant um, while there. You know, matched up well with anybody All American, right? Like this guy is an absolute stud. Really quick with his feet, is an athlete, and he can play both right or left tackle as well. I think he's more of a true right tackle. Um, but I I love Broderick Jones, and getting that seventeen to me is huge value. I think he might go at thirteen. People are saying he'd go to the Jets at thirteen, but again. The way this shakes out, I think there's a true chance. And at the end of the day, I don't think there's going to be a dynamite prospect available at 17 out of a position of need. Like, I do think Ryan Poles will, in general, operate in best player available. I do. And if you read my first round mock on, on Tap Sports Center, you'll see why. But I don't wouldn't like Witherspoon there. I like Broderick Jones more than Witherspoon. I wouldn't like any wide receiver there. You know, I like JSN, but well, I, so you, I, you I still think Witherspoon would be on the board at potentially. 17? I think I think there's a chance. I, I I think there's a chance again. Just the uh, the ambiguity here. Like I, I just I. I some of these guys are going to fall, and, and some of these teams are going to reach. Like Zay, some, some some team might reach on Zay Flowers at fifteenth, right? Like it, it, it's just it's just sure. a weird draft this year. But I do think Broderick Jones is pretty likely to be available at seventeen overall, and I really really like him, and I think he's going to be your starting right tackle. He's going to be dominant for you. He's he's a really impressive prospect. So I'm going Broderick Jones at seventeen overall after a trade with the Steelers, in which you get your thirty second overall pick back. So. Huge move for Ryan Poles there, and I think it's actually pretty likely. 
So let me ask you this. Did you still have uh, Darnell Wright on the board here, and you just chose to go with Jones over Wright? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I Darnell Wright going 21 to the Chargers in my first-round mock, but I, I, I think Broderick Jones is the better prospect, sure. in, in my opinion. I like Darnell Wright, and I know there's been smoke about Darnell Wright rising up to number 9 if the yep. Bears stand pat there. There's no way. Sure there's absolutely no way. Broderick Jones, to me, is just a better overall player. He played for the better team, has more experience. This guy's a two-time national champion. He's 6'4". He's huge. He's dominant. Darnell Wright has skills that are attractive, but he doesn't have the same college resume as Broderick Jones does. And I think when it comes to that, when they have similar skill sets and, you know, the projectable is there for Darnell Wright to potentially be really good. But in my opinion, Broderick Jones is more of a sure thing. You can't afford to miss on this pick. He's the safer pick. I'm going Broderick Jones. I think he's the better pick at 17. Did you consider Kalaja Kansi at all? I did. I re- this it was between Kalijah Cansey and Broderick Jones. It was. Um and then I kind of looked at the roster and, you know, I, I think Canty's gonna be really good, but and I, I think Broderick Jones is gonna be really good too. He's a guy that needs maybe a little bit more development than I think Cansey will come in day one and be really, really effective for you. Um, but you know, part of it had to do with what I g- do later in the draft, um, it, with the rest of these picks. It was a tough decision because I think Canty's going to be good, but I think Broderick Jones is more necessary for your team right now when it comes to protecting Justin Fields and and doing what you need to do on offense. And you have part of it was you have Justin Jones there, who I don't think is that awful, and that shouldn't preclude you from taking a player like Kalaja Canty. But just given what they have, um, I, I think they're going to go Broderick Jones. I think they're going to invest in their offense and invest in making sure that Justin Fields is upright this year, and, and they're going to do that with a really really good player. Um, third ranked athleticism score for Broderick Jones, who I talked about that athleticism second overall you know a combine um production score so just just a really really talented player let me throw one more uh, and then we'll move on Uh, throw this at you really quick if i told you because in this trade of yours you have the bears getting 32 overall back which is essentially 31 overall back you know that they famously gave away in the chase claypool trade so you have 32 there and you're at 17 what if i told you like if i could ensure to you if i promise you like in, in this world that i am the master of everything i tell you 100 percent that darnell wright's going to be there at 32 would you have would you lean more towards going cancy or you know you said devin weatherspoon still available somebody like that yeah um if you told me that that was going to be possible yeah no that's not to say that i think the Bears would be reaching for Broderick Jones, and it's sure. not the great value play. Right. But if I knew that Darnell Wright was available at 32, and there was potentially a better best player available at 17 than Broderick Jones, then yes, I would do it. I just honestly don't think that there will be a lot of other... Like, do you think that Devin Witherspoon is a better player overall than Broderick Jones as a prospect? Like, do you? I mean, I, it's I think Devin Witherspoon is firmly in the blue chip category i think jones is close okay. that's probably some of my okay. biasing is you know since i went to university of illinois and i watched him more that's probably some bias by me yeah but also i mean it just if you turn on espn or you know if for some reason you're watching fs1 uh like lot that's why devin witherspoon is being mocked as in the top 10 so much yeah. uh, because a lot of people see him as having that blue chip ability now you know broderick jones has come up further you know risen up draft boards more so uh recently but also, let's not forget Devin Witherspoon had that jump, you know, up draft boards from like end of the third round to no, this guy's top ten. And now, you know, more recently, the rise for Jones is happening, so it's kind of firmly in our brain more. But I would have Witherspoon ahead of Jones. That's I can fair. see the argument for Kansi versus Jones more clearly. But you know, if Witherspoon's there at seventeen, I think Ryan Poles is running to the podium. Really, I think sprinting there. I mean, but I, I mean that again. That might just be my bias, though. I don't, you know, I'm literally no. wearing an Illinois shirt. For no, this, no, 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 no. It's not your bias. <laughs> again, it goes back. It's like the same conversation that we had about Christian Gonzalez last week, right? right? Like sure. you're, you're not necessarily in a position where you have to take an offensive tackle. Like you, sure. like you have the player depth there. It's not great, but you have the player depth there. Uh, if you, you want to go for a player who's going to be dynamite, like go for it. The question I have too. One more before we get to your pick here at number nine. Unless you trade, if you're taking Broderick Jones at seventeen. Is that a strong indication that he's going to be your left tackle? I mean, he can play both. He played less than 1,400 snaps at left tackle at Georgia last year. Um, but is he guaranteed to be the left tackle if he's taken at 17? Or Let me say it this way. I don't think anybody – let's say you stay at 9 and you take Scronsi or Johnson. I don't think whoever you pick is guaranteed left tackle. 
Because like we've talked about, you still have a need at right tackle, potentially, depending on and depending on where you put Tevin Jenkins, one of the guard spots, possibly, or even center. So I don't think I, I think right tackle is the most pressing matter on the offensive line, given the status of you know, we like Braxton Jones. It seemed like the Bears like Braxton Jones. We like Tevin Jenkins. We like Nate Davis, the signing yeah. there. So theoretically you have left tackle and both guard spots taken care of, which leaves center and right tackle. And right tackle being the most pressing one, because at least at center, you have for now, Cody Whitehair and Lucas exactly. Patrick there, who are two guys who have a lot of snaps at that position, and two guys who, if one gets hurt, if and when, because they both have spent time injured in the last couple of years, specifically last year, um, but two guys there to kind of fill one spot. So really, right tackle is the more pressing matter because it seems like the Bears like Braxton Jones. It seemed like he developed really well over the course of the year last year, and still I feel like has a pretty high ceiling that he yeah. hasn't like really scratched yet. Um, we saw kind of flashes of it. So I don't think no matter who you draft, whether that be Paris Johnson, whether that be Pete Skoronsky, whether that be Broderick Jones, whether that be Darnell Wright, I don't think they're guaranteed the left tackle spot. I think, it, if anything, they're more suited to be, you know, the, the path there at least is more towards the right tackle. So I don't think whoever you take is guaranteed to be left tackle. Yeah. I, I Okay. I, I think that's fair. I just, I think there's some people who would say, well, if you're investing, you know, it's 17th overall pick. I know it's not that sure. high, but oh, you know, if you're investing that, then he should be the left tackle because that's obviously a more premier position worthy of, sure. you know, a pick. But a top tier offensive lineman is a top tier offensive lineman. You know, they don't have to be left. Tackle is still really important, especially when you have a developing quarterback like Justin Fields. Um, so for my pick, just full honesty for how I did this mock draft, I went for just what I like, I did. Simmed it and then went through that and kind of just went through. And then guys that I picked were more upside guys because we like guys with, you know, we and by we, I mean like the Bears too, like guys with motor and that athleticism that they could kind of mold too. So I uh, I had in my sim come up a trade proposal, didn't even something that I offered, something that was proposed in this, you know, uh, fantasy world. The Los Angeles Rams propose Ooh. trading pick number 36, 69, 77, and a second and third rounder in 2024 for pick number nine. I took that because with Ryan Poles, that's a lot of picks. Wait, say it again. So you get. So the Bears would receive here pick number 36. Pick number 69, nice. Pick number 77, a 2024 second rounder, and a 2024 third rounder. And the Rams receive pick number nine, which is crazy. I don't think that would ever happen, but I was like, screw it. That's a lot of picks to work with, and it's a mock draft, so let's go with the side of more picks. Why not? And because I was also thinking, kind of like what we brought up in the beginning of this episode, was guys are falling. Guys are sliding up and down draft boards. So at 36 even, you know, let's say in at that point, you know, maybe Ryan Poles packages you know a couple picks together jump back into the first round at that point 36 and something else I don't know but you have options there so I I kind of liked that flexibility and that and it was intriguing to me uh, I did try to jump back into the first round in this but I was unsuccessful so I just took stood at 36 and took a pick there but my point being that you could possibly find like a Darnell Wright at 36 there if he slides or somebody else maybe maybe Kwasi Kansi slides I know into the second round, which would be crazy. I know, yeah. but yeah. there's options here. Maybe Quentin Nelson falls down. Quentin, Quentin Johnson. Johnson falls. He's not going to fall that far. He's not going to fall that far. Maybe, maybe, or maybe Jackson Smith and Jigler. Sure, that's falls, possible. You know that far. So, just something that I thought was interesting. And for that amount of picks, I said, "Screw it, why not?" So, got all the way to 36. Didn't get any of those guys. So, I ended up going with somebody you're familiar with, Kevin Dewan Jones. Yeah, offense tackle. Okay. Um, and just what jumped out to me, why, but 6'8 and 370 Jake. is crazy. That's a huge body to throw at right tackle and protect Justin Fields. And that's kind of why I went with this pick, just because he's huge. Mm-hmm. And all the scouting reports say that despite his size, he's quick too. Like he can move, yeah, he, he can move fast. He can dunk a basketball. And he can dunk. Like that's crazy. So for that, that's somewhat like that's that nasty factor. That I think you bring that Maddie Rufus talks about wanting to have that motor factor. So I went with Dwan Jones, you know, maybe not an offensive lineman that a lot of people have talked about, but that size jumped off to me and I was like, holy crap. So that's what I went with. Still went offensive line, um, but, you know, didn't get anyone that fell that far that we've talked about, but still a position of need that I think you can work with there. I've been in the same room as Dewan Jones a number of times, <laughs> interviews and stuff. He's the largest human I've ever seen, like no doubt, like six eight, four hundred pounds, like 
he is just large. And again, as as Jake mentions, like it's not like he's six eight four hundred in a mobile. Like this guy can move, right? Like ha- good luck getting by this guy. He will get beat sometimes by quicker, you know, shorter, faster stand up rushers who are able to bend b- under him and you know by him. That 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 happens. But if you're willing to bank on that size, like this is a guy who's dominant. And the other thing that I think is key here, and I think one of the reasons that you picked this player. And something that I kind of wanted to underline throughout my draft was this was another Senior Bowl participant. Again, Luke Getze coaching that Senior Bowl was right there in front of all these guys the entire week, right? He has the best scouting report of anyone on some of these players and some of these really talented players that participated in the Senior Bowl. Dewan Jones is one of them. His draft stock has really risen since the combine and since everybody has seen that he is still actually athletic enough to compete at his size and weight. And again, like... He was there when Justin Fields was there. Like, there, there's a little, like, I don't know if it matters that much when it comes to the offensive line versus receiver as far as that correlation and relationship between your quarterback um, and offensive lineman. But it's a nice thing to have. He knows him. He he, he understands mm-hmm. his game a little bit more, um, understands his limitations. So I like that pick. I mean, you're still, like, Dewan Jones' ceiling isn't anywhere near Project Jones or Paris Johnson, right. but that's a player who's going to be your starting right tackle if you draft him. He's going to be effective for you, and he might just be good enough for you to hold it down. He's not mm-hmm. going to be a superstar, but is he going to be good enough for you to to be at least serviceable and keep your quarterback upright? Yes, and like I don't know if that's that's what I mean. I, like I don't know if the ceiling is there for Dewan, sure. but you that size is just you, I, I don't blame you for not wanting to pass on that. Yeah, and I mean even if he becomes. You know, nobody's saying he has to become all pro right tackle, but you know, if he becomes, you know, you know, Bobby Massey when he goes at his peak, you know, like, Bobby. when when like the first couple years, no, not the end when you end <laughs> up having, but like if he becomes like a a, a slightly above league average lineman, I, I think Charles take Leno that. or something. Sure, that, that was who I was. You probably say want too, to be but. a little bit better than that, right, exactly. Which I mean, but then that's why he's being taken here instead of the seventh round, like Charles Leno. So. I digress. Do you think that Ryan Poles would really be content falling out of the first round entirely, though, if you made this no, trade? No, which is why like, I tried to get back into the first round in this uh, you know, by packaging maybe 36 and 53 to get back. Yeah. But I, I think in this situation, Ryan Poles would probably have jumped back into the first round. Yeah, I mean, okay, okay, that's that's a great caveat then because I agree. Um, and I think he values picks and he values picks late, but – there's enough talent in that first round where I think he's going to be scared to to move out of it entirely. Agreed. Um, so I have a trade up into the first round before we go on here. Uh, I have the Bears trading back into the first round. So remember, they got number pick, pick number thirty two from the Steelers, right? And they still have picks sixty one, one hundred three, two eighteen. 53, 64, I kind of read those out of order, 133, 136, 148, and 258. So they have a crap ton of picks. I think they're going to move back into the first round, right? So after trading out of nine, you have 32. So you have a, a essentially one more first-round pick here. But you also have the assets to move back in. And I don't think, when I was looking through this, there's not a lot of teams, in my opinion, who like don't have enough holes who are willing to trade out late in the first round, like some of these teams that are close to winning the Super Bowl, maybe a couple of players away. But the Eagles do already have a first-round pick at number 10 overall. And I think that they're going to get a player they like there, whether it's Bijan Robinson. So with that, with their second pick at number 30, I think they're going to be more willing to move out knowing that, hey, we already got our guy. We're already, you know, we, we think that we're already close to the Super Bowl. This isn't a necessity. Let's trade out. Let's accrue some later picks, um, you know, and get some value there. And I think the Bears are going to give up pick 61, pick 103, and pick 218 for number 30 overall. So you're giving up three picks, but that's kind of the price you have to pay, essentially moving up 30 slots there mm-hmm. from 61 to 30. You might have to pay a little bit more than that. Uh, yeah. um, you might. Sometimes in these these trades here, back into the first round or later, like the compensation isn't as significant as you would expect, actually, because sure. um, sometimes the drop-off, Later in the first round and the second round is is significant with the with the prospects available for you. But I think they're going to move back up to 30. 61, 103, 218 is what I have, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had to give up 53. Um, but the player I have at 53 could also be available at 61. So at number 30 overall, I think they're going to draft Edge from LSU, BJ Ojulari, a name that's okay. kind of really flown under the radar, right? We talked about Isaiah Foskey, but I guess we didn't really mention it because we he's in that range where he's not... Obviously, he's, he's not good enough to be taken at 9 or even at 17, but he's also too good to be taken at 53. So we didn't sure. really think about him. I, I don't think much to be available there. He's kind of rising in the draft recently. Um, he's 
this guy's a stud, man. If you watch his tape, really, really explosive. Like when you watch his tape after this, I'm sure you haven't watched a lot of B. Joe Gelari tape, but you should after this. You're going to be really, really impressed. He is extremely explosive, great bend, super quick. He's more of a stand-up rusher, but his tape at LSU is phenomenal. I mean, this guy is violent. He's violently quick. He's, he's He punishes the quarterback when he gets into the backfield. He's effective on, on run defense. I don't like... I think before the start of last year, he was more projected to be an early first rounder, and I'm not really. He had an injury to start yeah, last I year. Yeah, I kind of remember he had, that. I think it was like a a pec injury or something. He ended up being actually all SEC though, despite that this past year. That's an impressive feat in a conference like that. This guy is good, and I think the Bears are going to have to and are going to be willing to move up for a guy who who's going to be their premier edge rusher. I mean, that is the biggest hole on the roster aside from you know defensive uh, defensive tackle. But even then, with Justin Jones there, like they have nobody at edge. This right. is going to be their guy. I think they're going to be willing. And and again, I know it's quote-unquote rare for Ryan Post to be trading up. He more likes to accrue assets and trade down, and I think he's going to do that later in the draft. But after already trading down with the Panthers at number 9 and then trading it down again with the Steelers, you're in a position now where you have enough picks. You can trade right. up. You don't have to worry about your future right. assets. You're not mortgaging the future by trading up here to number 30. And I think the same mindset as, mindset as you have, they're going to want to move back into the first round because they have enough picks and get another guy and, and, and really be winners of this draft if they do that. I mean, B.J. Ojolari is really good and i like just that idea of them being able to move up so yeah and i mean for your mock on the side like that takes care of you know the two biggest needs which were offensive tackle and edge because you like you said you have no one really there um with my second pick uh, at 53 i stayed there i kind of went the same way with a guy that at a position need on the defensive side who we've heard a lot about not the person specifically but the position and how much it needs to be addressed i took a defensive tackle i took mozzie smith out of michigan another dude who's just enormous who's like like six four over like 320 something pounds and you know he's listed at six three three thirty seven like which is crazy but you know, that defensive tackle position, even possibly even nose tackle, like that three technique, talk, we've heard about it over and over and over. And that's why that was the whole discussion with Jalen Carter, possibly at number one overall, because that's the focal point of Maddie Reflus' defense. And that's kind of where you build everything. And that's where you need the disruption to come from. I was, uh, you know, with edge as well, but, you know, in the middle there. And a guy who comes from, you know, Big Ten, going against Big Ten offensive linemen, which, I mean, Two of them are going to be top 10 picks already with Skaronsky and Johnson. So that, you know, should tell you a little bit of something in the Big Ten generally churns out NFL type mm-hmm. offensive linemen. So this guy at this size who has this kind of, you know, going against NFL type competition, I just think that's a good spot to take someone with that kind of high ceiling there to be that disruptor for your defense. Obviously, you miss out on Jalen Carter in the situation. You miss out on Lucas Van Ness and Will Anderson and Kwaja Kansi. So if you could get someone huge and disruptive here to pair with, whether it be Justin Jones or you know whoever, I just think that we've heard about it so much. I don't think it goes unaddressed in the first, you know, however many picks that the bears have, whether it be here at 53 and that's their second pick, uh, you know, since nine or not. But I just think that how much we've heard about it, how much it's been harped on. I don't think it goes unaddressed for very long in this draft. I think you definitely could be right. Mozzie Smith is, is, is a, is a, is a great prospect, right? Rare combination of size and athleticism. You talked about that six, four, three, 30 frame, three twenty frame, six, three, three twenty frame. Um, you know, second overall athleticism score, uh, among combine defensive tackles, but same sort of situation as Jalen Carter. He was caught with uh, by police for speeding, was arrested for possessing a concealed weapon without a valid license to carry one. So you have a little bit of character things there um, that could be questionable. But it's the same conversation, I guess, as is Jalen Carter. Like, do you have trust in your coaching staff and your front office to like mend the character issues, quote unquote, with sure. this player? Right. Um, that's one of the reasons why he's fallen a little bit. A lot of people thought that this guy would be sort of a late first rounder. Um, he sort of fell. I mean, this happened in October, so it's been a while since then. But I mean, this guy repped out 34 on the bench press. Like he's massive. Um, but I, yeah, I like it. I I, I like it. I mean, I, I agree with you that it's unlikely that it will go unaddressed that at either at edge or you know defensive tackle. Like sure. it is unlikely that one of those positions will go unaddressed here among the first. Four, three, four picks that they have. So, yep. yeah, I like Mozzie Smith. I, 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 
at pick 53. Yeah, he, he, sh- he should be available for you there, too. He should be available for you there, too. We'll see. Um, there might be a team in the late on the first round that's willing to bank on that, though. But, right. again, the character and, thing is... And is we gonna... also just don't know. It depends on how the draft shakes out, yeah. too. Um, all right, did you stick at 61? So I oh, have 53. Okay. So I traded 61 to the Eagles. Okay. So I have 53, but I also have 32. Remember, I got 32 okay, from right, the Steelers. Right, right, right. So real quick, let me do 32 and 53. At 32 overall, I know this is sound crazy, but you have the flexibility now. I mean, you already took Roger Jones and B.J. Ojolari. You can do this. I'm taking Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama, at 32 oh. overall. Yep, I'm doing it. I mean, you have 53 and 64 still. You can still get really talented players there. This is one of those moments where I've always said don't draft running back before round four. You have the ability <laughs> to do it now. You have a luxury here in this 32nd overall pick. When I was drafting here... I didn't see a lot of guys I loved available. Why not take this kid? When Pretty I did shot. my first round mock draft on Ontario Sportsnet, I traded down to 19 with the Buccaneers, and I took Bijan Robinson. They ended up trading back in for B, for BJ Ojolari. But Jameer Gibbs is 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 this guy is also really impressive. I mean, again, six years ago, Jake. Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs are surefire first rounders, probably surefire top 15 picks. I mean, sure. the value of running backs has severely diminished since just since then, right? I mean, remember Saquon Barkley was like the third overall pick, or was he five or two. something like that? Was he two? Yes. He was two. He was two. Like that will never happen right? again. And arguably, Bijan Robinson is a better, if not same, prospect as him. And Jameer Gibbs actually isn't far behind. 43640, elite shiftiness and quickness, obviously extremely effective at Alabama. You know, only 996 yards, you know, this past year, but a really good receiver. 477 yards receiving this past year, 300 plus re- receiving yards each year of his career at Alabama. Elite quickness, as I mentioned, tackle breaking ability. And I think the idea that I sort of had when I was doing these and and, and deciding on running backs was. Is there something about drafting a bell cow true running back that's going to be attracted to Luke Getze to say, hey, we need a guy to completely rely on to take snaps away from Justin Fields? We know that Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman are essentially filler running backs. Neither of them are a true running back one. They're fine. They can be enough for you. A running back isn't going to necessarily be what pushes you over the edge when the Super Bowl. But if you have a guy in Jameer Gibbs who's going to come in and be a surefire number one and take a majority of the carries and say, hey, we can rely on you to be really effective on every single snap, is that attractive to them for now to be able to say if you have Jameer Gibbs, we don't have to rely on Justin Fields to be our running back. We don't have to do as many quarterback designs. He can feel more comfortable to just hand the ball away instead of having to take it on the read option because he doesn't have trust in his running back to be as effective. Jameer Gibbs can be a top 10 running back in this league. He's really, really good. He has the flexibility to fit in this offense as a receiving back. I think he is one of those players who is justified taking because of the uh, the impact he can have on your offense. I mean, this guy, he's, watch his tape, Jake. He's awesome. He's awesome. So, out of curiosity, who was, like, the second person that you would have picked behind Gibbs? Like, who who were you most contemplating behind Gibbs? You know, that's the thing. Like, when I'm talking about here, the guy's available at 32, there wasn't, like, a player where I was like, crap. Like, if I take Gibbs, I'm going to miss this guy. Like, I think that range between 30 and 53 is pretty even. Like, sure. I don't think the late end of the first round has enough intriguing prospects where I was like, man, I'm, I'm really missing out on somebody if I don't take Jameer Gibbs here, which is why I did that, right? Which is why right. I was able to take a running back when I usually would never do this. I mean, maybe, like, I, you could even argue. I would rather take a running back there than a wide receiver, right? I mean, is I mean, that it would a depend crazy who. thing to say? If it's not Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Jackson Smith, and Jacob or Quentin Johnson? Then probably I mean, not. Right. I don't love Cedric, Cedric Tillman. I don't love yeah. Jalen Hyatt. Josh Downs. I mean, maybe, like, the only potential guy was maybe Luke Whippler, center from Ohio State, mm-hmm. that I really like. Maybe Dewan Jones. But again, after shoring up the need at tackle with Broderick Jones earlier in the draft, I felt fine. I mean, Foskey was maybe there, but, like... <laughs> Were any of the tight ends available? Either of the yeah, Donald Washington. Oh, not Dalton Kinsey or Michael Mayer. No, okay, but, but yeah, if they but, were, would you have considered? No, them? I don't think so. I, I think Dalton Kinsey is going to be really good. Uh, Michael Mayer probably be really good too. But I because I, I, we talked about how deadly I that know. two tight end combo. Well, if they weren't even on the board, then it's. I mean, I I definitely and in this scenario, you've addressed edge and offensive line already too. So I I see the argument for sure. Also, that 2018 draft. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Saquon oh Barkley, God. Sam Darnold, Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb was the top five. It's got to be one of the most disgusting top fives ever. The, I mean, Denzel well, Ward is fine, but the ne- well, the fine. next five were Quentin Nelson, Josh Allen, Roquan Smith, Mike McGlinchey, Josh Rosen. Yeah, so it should have been reversed. 
Like the the the, the five through ten should have been the first five instead of the one through five. Probably because all those guys ended up being. Better. And if not, yeah, Allen. If not Allen, number one. Yeah, yeah. literally should have been number one overall. Anyway. Uh, yeah, real quick, and I had number fifty three too. I'll just you know go fast on this. Fifty three overall, you find your cornerback. Kelly Ringo. Actually, don't Kaylee know if that's Ringo. how you pronounce it. Is it Kaylee? Kaylee, I, I, I think. I think, Kaylee, yeah. maybe? I, yeah, I, 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 I'll know that if they draft him. Georgia cornerback Kaylee Ringo. Elite size mm-hmm. and strength. Outside quarterback, right? Cornerback, 6'2", 207. Really good starting outside corner. You know, you know, not the greatest you know, lateral quickness and agility. Not great change of direction. We'll get him out on some sand workouts. We'll work on his change of direction. We'll be fine. Um, but again, another guy that allows Kyler Gordon to return to the slot. True shutdown corner outside. A guy who, you know, he's, he's not on the same level as... Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon, but a guy who played at the top defense was your top cornerback at Georgia was making plays in the biggest moments. Always rose up against the uh, rose up to the occasion against the best receivers. Just really impressive size and strength. Still pretty fast, quick. Um, I, I like Ringo a lot. I'm surprised. I don't know what the reason is that he's fallen so far. This was supposed to be a surefire first rounder before the combine. He significantly fell. He's going to be available for you at 53. His ADP was around, I think, 58, maybe even 60. So I quote unquote reached according to PFF, getting up to 53 overall to take Ringo. But with the pick at 64, I think you had to do it. Um, Again, you get your, you get another shutdown corner. I think it's one of the needs that they're going to address there, maybe in the first four picks, uh, just with the unsure nature of what happens after Jalen Johnson and, and Kyler Gordon there with CB3. So I think Ringo just makes too much sense there at, at, at 53. I think cornerback has to be the option. I like him more than Julius Brent. I like him more than the other guys available. He's got too much experience, and I think they got to address that somewhere in the first four. Yeah, so at, at 61, at the Bears' next pick, I addressed corner as well. Okay. Um, I went with Julius Brents, corner out of Kansas State. Senior Bowl, too, which is important because that means mm-hmm. Luke Getzey saw a lot of them, too, down in Mobile, Alabama. So I think that's going to – because I was going through this, and we haven't really – I mean, we've mentioned it, but we haven't talked a lot about Luke Getzey at the Senior Bowl and what that kind of um, impact that might have. And I think here is where it comes into play because Brents is a guy whose stock has gone up lately, and he has that potential to kind of be a ball-hawking type of corner. Mm-hmm. So – I kind of like that. I, I think the fit works. Same thing. Kyler Gordon moves back to the slot. You have insurance then in case Jalen Johnson leaves. And it really just ties together your backfield. And then you feel really good about you know the defensive backfield as well as the linebackers. And you address the defensive line, obviously, throughout the rest of the draft and possibly in the next wave of free agency following the draft as well. Yeah, talking about another guy with great size, 6'3", 198, similar projectables as as, uh, as Kaylee Ringo. You know, pretty good athlete, not the best athlete among cornerbacks, but good enough, right? 41-and-a-half vertical jump is is, is huge. You can yep. contest anything with Justin Jefferson or, or Christian Watson, whoever it may be in the NFC North. So I like Brents. I, I like Ringo more. Uh, would you take Ringo? Was Ringo available for you? Ringo was not on? available Okay, so would you yeah. have taken him? Probably, okay. just because, too, you get that more, like, Stiffer competition from Ringo and who he played against. So, uh, I mean, not to say that, you know, Brents didn't get that at Kansas State, but a a little bit of a step up. So, yeah, uh, I I would have probably taken Ringo, but here with Brents and the Senior Bowl connection, I went with him. Yeah, it's also weird. People are, like, not high on Brents at all. Like, like for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I watched the tape and I'm impressed. And I know highlights are highlights and whatever, but, you know— Brent Brent is a solid player to have, especially at 61. And there's a chance that he goes higher than that. I think when we did our first round mock last week, or no, not last week, like the first three round mock that we did like weeks ago in early April, he was like ADP 38 or something. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a steal there um, by ADP at 64 because I traded 61. For uh, to the Eagles to move up and back into the first round, I'm taking Isaiah Foskey. He was available. Sure. Why not? Right? You know, I already mentioned. I already you know pinned this guy. Um, you know, for the Bears when we did that first round, the first three rounds mock. You know, a couple a couple weeks ago. Again, just really decorated at Notre Dame. Great quickness off the edge. Good bend. Uh, a lot of power. Good, good, good combination of size and power. Uh, just a- enough. Proven ability at Notre Dame, you know, to be content. And and apparently Foskey's rising. Mm-hmm. Apparently I've seen him late end of the first round. So another one of those players that, you know, he might fall, but also a team might really have loved what he did at Notre Dame and see those numbers and say, how can we pass up on the guy who's the all-time leading sack, uh, all-time sack leader at Notre Dame, beating out, I believe, uh, 
who was it? Uh, Justin Tuck, I think. So, uh, again, big name there. Um, Isaiah Foskey's been doing it. He's an experienced player. He's older. He's going to bring leadership to this team. I like him at 64. Yeah, 64 for me. I went with Cody Mouch from wow. North Dakota State. Offensive line again. I like that. I love you that. You know, this guy, he's not a huge, you know, as far as measurables go, but has a lot of power, could be a tank in the run game. And then every scouting report you read, too, it says, and pass protection, recovers quickly, is really fast with his feet, and obviously for Justin Fields and how you want him to progress as a passer, that's huge. Not saying he's going to start, obviously, right away, because, I mean, obviously, we've both addressed in both of our mocks that took offensive linemen. Uh, I took Dewan Jones, uh, and we talked about his measurables, but someone who could potentially be that backup and step up and maybe even that swing tackle type of role. So I went back to offensive line there, um, but what about you? Yeah, uh, another senior bowl guy, Cody yep. Mock. There you go, right? You know, it makes sense. Uh, I don't have 64, so I'll go to 133. At 133, and I also don't have uh, – no, I have 64, sorry. Didn't have 61. Don't have 103 from that trade to the Eagles. I do have 133. Taking Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver from Virginia. I think they're going to take a wide receiver somewhere in this range. I agree. Um, they they kind of have to, right, for depth there. I don't think that them re-signing Dante Pettis last week is going to mean that he is for sure on the roster, right? You know you know that their top five are locked in with DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darna Mooney, Velas Jones Jr., and Equinemius St. Brown, but they're looking for that sixth guy who can possibly, you know, be better than Velas or uh, Equinemius St. Brown. Dontavian Wick doesn't really fit the bill for what they want to do on offense from an explosiveness and athleticism standpoint. He only runs a 4-6-4-40, right? But he's faster than on tape. He can go up and get the ball, though. He's more of a Chase Claypool-type player when it comes to being able to go up and get it and win against most defenders. Really good hands, really good strength there. Um, I like Dontavian Wicks. The wide receiver, it's interesting, though. When you get to this part of the draft, in comparison to years prior, to me, the wide receiver prospects are not as intriguing, which doesn't favor the Bears that much. Um... But I think Dontavian Wicks is the best player available here for you at number 133 at wide receiver, at least. And I think they're going to address that need somewhere in this. So I'm taking Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver of Virginia. So my next couple picks uh, I have from the Rams trade, 69 and 77. That's right. Um, so 69, I went Jordan Battle from Alabama, mm-hmm. defensive back. This is, again, kind oh, of an insurance play. Just because of, you know, Eddie Jackson's on the big contract. You do have an out after this year, even though he played well. Maybe you see something there. Or it's just good to have bodies. Look at what the Bears dealt with in the defensive backfield last year. And mm-hmm. who you got, you know, you had Lamar Jackson playing, not the quarterback. And maybe you would have been better if you did. But, you know, just to have guys coming from Alabama too. Last time you took a safety from Alabama worked out pretty well for you. So I like Jordan Battle there. 77, a guy that I've talked about before, Siaka Ika from Baylor. Yep, a Pair him with Amazi Smith. Ika was double teamed a ton at Baylor, and he was still a disruptive presence. Just going back to that disruptor type of thing at the three technique, Maddie Rufus harps on it. Another guy there that could be that disruptor and be that kind of key focal point for your defense. Really like that. I held on to 103, and I think you're going to have a lot to say about this. Jaden Reed was available here. At 103 for Michigan State, he's fallen a lot over the last you know calendar year, 365 days or so, because he was someone who people were like he could be a first round wide receiver and just completely fell, but has really big playability. Even at Michigan State, where they don't have the best air attack, big playability could be a deep yeah. threat. I thought here at 103, like you said, I think they're going to take wide receiver at some point and try to continue to put bodies in that room with high upside. I like Reed a lot here at this position to potentially pair with Justin Fields as like, you know, a a guy who we could develop with as well. I mean, because you already have DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, et cetera, et cetera. But I like Reed here as comes in, not a ton of pressure, and can kind of build that rapport in a low pressure situation with Justin Fields. Because it would be like wide receiver five. Yeah, he would. Yeah, as we were just saying, he, he'd be wide receiver five. He's probably five if, if he's drafted at this slot. I, I'm trying to go back because I remember the name from, I mean, I know the name, but I remember him, I believe, making a real good play against Ohio State last year. Yeah, he had a huge play yeah. against Ohio State, 24-yard touchdown. He had 67 yards in that game. Uh, he, he looked pretty good there. Another senior bowl guy, mm-hmm. right? Again, this was a player that had a really good senior bowl performance. People were loving him after that. He showed up. Uh, he showed out at the Senior Bowl. He rose up to where people thought he'd be an early second rounder, yep. you know, and, and and he's sort of fallen since then. But, you know, the athleticism score, not great, right? Not the best athlete, but a pretty crisp route runner. Uh, what I remember from the Senior Bowl content was 
just beating guys at the line of scrimmage with his route running ability. He only runs a 445, 40, 33 and a half vertical jump, right? You know, 33rd ranked combine wide receiver athleticism score, but has really good route running ability, has the ability to get open, and, and has, you know, still does have explosive. Like, that's not to say 445 is slow. Right. Okay. Like, let's not, I'm not, like, 44 speed at any point is good. Sure. Um, but um, just w- was really competitive. Like, I'm, I'm remembering it now. Like, he. He was not afraid of the moment against Ohio State against some some bigger cornerbacks. Went up and got the ball. Was was routing them up. I uh, I I like Jaden Reed. I I, th- I think it's possible. I just am unsure why he's fallen so far right. since the Senior Bowl. I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it was his but kind of that but low stakes performance where you don't need him to come in and be sure. a starter. That's rate. true. You had like for you the Bears, he could be wide receiver five there. Um, at one thirty three, he's also uh, a Naperville kid. So if they yeah, like, oh, their, yeah, if they like the Chicago go. people, Chicago Lock summer people. Um, one thirty three. I have Demarvian Overshone, linebacker, Texas. Just a guy. Obviously, you have your linebackers. You have the guys you signed in free agency. You like Jack Sanborn coming back too, but. You still need bodies. You still need guys to develop as well. And he's long and athletic and made plays as a linebacker at Texas. I just think this is a high upside play with a guy who could develop into a playmaker in the middle there. So that's who I went with. Um, 136, I went uh, back to offensive line, just keep supplementing kind of the trenches on the offensive side. Jordan McFadden out of Clemson. This I just went more with the floor here. Coming from Clemson where they have a good program, a high program that turns out NFL talent. Um, nothing crazy about him, but just somebody who I think coming from a team that was highly ranked, coming from Dabo Sweeney's program, that's why I like took the swing on hear him, uh, hear him, took the swing <laughs> on him here, uh, just mostly because of the pedigree of the school he comes from. Okay, yeah, and, and real quick, I like Demario Overshone, and I think in general people have again said no way they're gonna take a linebacker anywhere like a shirt up no i mean the depth of linebacker is not good if one of those guys goes down you are right. f-u-c-k-e-d like that you're you're in bad position and if jack sanborn isn't what you think he is there's always a chance of that yeah I mean, he was good in the past six games but there's always a chance that you know sometimes these things happen with teams that uh are really bad at the end of the season like guys come in and they end up playing well because well, the bar is set pretty low for for that right. defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think Jackson would be fine, but I like that. So at 130, 136, I'm going. This is where I think they address address defensive tackle, and you can still find a player here. Let's not let's not get it twisted. You can find talent in these middle rounds. Sure. And I think they're going to get a guy in Jacqueline Roy from Baylor. Davlin Tomlinson type player, 6'4", 315, huge nose tackle, has the ability to be a year one impact player, right, and come in and kind of just stuff the middle. Actually, I'm not sure he didn't go to Baylor. I I, I, I apologize uh, on that. I think I, I mixed him up with uh, Siaki Ika, um, LSU, sorry, uh, LSU guy. Jacqueline Roy again, you know, you know, high pedigree school in LSU, but just you know, uh, you know, a pretty good athlete. I'm, again, I'm looking for athletes all over the board because this is what the the Bears yep. want to Agreed. put on their defense and offense. They want to build a quick, fast defense that 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 is athletic. He is athletic for this size, six four three fifteen. Just a unit there at nose tackle who will you know potentially draw double teams the same way Siaka Ika did. Um, I, 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 they have to address it at some point. I think Jacqueline Roy's really good value at 136. Um, I like him a lot. Just pretty sound tackler. Huge. 6'4", 3'15". So. Yeah, um, I'm just going to breeze through uh, the last because I think there's only one uh, other pick in mind. At 148, I took Isaiah McGuire from Mizzou. Edge. That's the first time I addressed edge there. Okay. Just kind of long and explosive. I just thought like the upside there. Um I, I at two fifty eight. My last pick, I took Isaiah Bowser running back UCF just because yeah. you got to throw one in there. Hey, Bowser's um, good. Yeah, and I like the name. And but this is the one I think uh, you're going to get a little mad at me for. Oh, two eighteen. Took Stetson Bennett. You fucking <laughs> not Sorry, because okay. yeah you just because look what happened with the 49ers. I know everyone's going to talk about this ad nauseum, <laughs> but having a high level backup behind your starter is really really valuable. And right now, your backup is P.J. Walker and Nate Peterman. And I think at the very least, Bennett could take Peterman's spot on the practice squad. So that's kind of just what I went with. A guy who won two national championships. He was there at 218. Screw it. Put bodies in the quarterback room. Why not? I would be lying if I said I didn't explore quarterback here either. I mean, they got P.J. Walker. Right. Right? So... I don't even think that if they drafted a player at 218, 258, that they'd be QB2 on the depth chart, honestly. But sure. No, definitely not. But, I mean, I, I don't hate it. I, I actually don't hate it. I mean, you have insurance there. Right. And 
Justin Fields is a prone to injury quarterback. I mean, it's just that's just the way it's going to be if he sure. keeps running this much. It's going to happen. So I, I don't hate it. I mean, <laughs> my reaction to it was, oh God, you effing idiot. But I mean, at if you like because of your trade, you accumulated so many mid round picks. Right, yes, you have the flexibility to just take quarterback. Here. Right, exactly. Like, and that was part of it too. Like I had addressed offensive line and defensive line, and I mean, really, defensive as whole, so much I was as well as wide receiver for you. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I went with. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll give it to you. At 148, I have Olu Olu with Timi Center from Michigan. Get some more depth at center. I know you have Doug Kramer there, but he was a, <laughs> a, a seventh rounder last year. He's you know not a lock to make the roster. I like Olu Olu with Timi. He was the fourth ranked athlete as a center coming out of the comp plan. Played really solid in Michigan. Four year starter, highly decorated. You know, not great lateral quickness, but a guy who again played at the top program, who made it to the uh, the Final Four of. College football playoff, and he's just been a part of the uh, what was ranked uh, and won the award for the top offensive line the past two years in Michigan, and 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 really opened up a ton of holes in the run game. Trust me, I remember it because Donovan Jackson torched Ohio State uh, in in the game uh, at Michigan or at Ohio State last year, and he was a guy that I was like was just dominating our guys up front. So I I, I recognize his name. And it's interesting. I, I, I'm i going, and me and you are both going here with a lot of guys from big-name schools, right? right? I've got Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame, Virginia, LSU. Yeah. Like, it, it ends up not being that way, right? It always ends up that they're going to take some guy like Braxton Jones from right. exactly. some southern Utah Remember where he went? I think like, it was yeah, some, something Utah like that. State. You, no, it was Southern. His uniform was red. I I, I remember that. Um, so I, I, it's just like you're always tr- more attracted to those players, though. You know, like naturally, Southern Utah. Southern Utah. You're always naturally more attracted to players that played in big moments at bigger right. schools who have good programs, right? Like I, I just I can't blame myself for doing that, and you know I kind of do it. At the well, end you here. see and hear them more too. Yeah, exactly. In general, yeah, right, right. You, you're more aware of the name because they right. played in those games. Two fifty eight. I took DeAnthony Jones, Edge from Houston. I'm not going to give you a full scouting report on <laughs> DeAnthony Jones at two fifty eight. It's like a ninety nine percent chance that they don't draft that guy. Sure. So there's not really a point of me breaking that down. He's, Fair. He, he's fine. Uh, I'll just recap mine and then we'll recap yours real quick. So. Huge draft for me. I had them trading number nine overall, which I do think is a. I'm, I'm all in on them trading that, whether it's to 17 or 19, wherever it is, 11. They're going to trade that pick, and they're going to trade with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think you're going to trade that, get round two, 32 overall back for that, and you get Broderick Jones at 17. Uh, and then you trade back into the first round, give up 61, 103, and 218 to get back to number 30 overall from Philadelphia and draft Edge BJ Ojulari from LSU. Then at 32 overall that you got from Pittsburgh. Sorry, it's a lot to keep up with here. Running back Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Then at 53 overall, you have had that pick. You get cornerback Kalei Ringo. At 64 overall, get Edge Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. Number 133 overall, get wide receiver Dontavian Wicks from Virginia. Number 136, take Jacqueline Roy, defensive tackle, nose tackle, LSU. And at 148, get Olu Oluwatimi, center from Michigan. His actual first name is like Olu Gawalawalam. It's like something yeah. crazy. Uh, and then at 258, Anthony Jones, edge from Houston. That rounds out my full seven-round Bears mock. Jake, do you want to read out yours again? Yeah, uh, I went. Dewan, I obviously did the trade from nine to 36. Got is a bunch mad? of picks. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, why not? Um, De- Dewan Jones, Mozzie Smith, Julius Brent, Jaden Reed, uh, Cody Mausch, and but Stetson Bennett was really the other. <laughs> The one that stands out the most that everyone really cares about. But, yeah, yeah, I I mean, I think what we look at here was, you know, you went one way with a couple trades up. I went one one with just the big trade down, obviously a huge, you know, step down. But I think that it just kind of shows that this could go anyway. Like, this could go. Are the Bears going to trade from 9 to 36 and do nothing? No, probably not. Um, I'd be very that I would be surprised by, but are they going to trade around? Possibly. And I think that there's just a lot of options here and it's just because the uncertainty of this draft, where guys go, especially at the top is going to change a lot of things where, you know, will Levis and CJ Stroud end up going is going to change a lot of different things. Even if it's at number two or at number four or wherever, it's just going to have a huge impact on us where Tyree Wilson and will Anderson go will change a lot where Jalen Carter falls to what happens with these wide receivers like there's going to be a lot of variance here and I think that's why a lot of people just don't really know what's going to happen here yeah a lot of ambiguity ambiguity a lot of you know unpredictableness that's not even a word I don't think uh but yeah I, I again we're going to come back I think on 
Monday, the day after, you know, two days after the draft ends and, and say, you know, we're shocked. Like, I, I truly sure. think by that first round, we were shocked. Maybe not shocked by what the Bears did. I think we're both in consensus that they're going to trade one way or another down. Um, but just in consensus, shocked about how that first round plays out. It's just really... Or or it's either that or it just was what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> Bryce Young, one. CJ Stroud, two. Will Anderson, three. Anthony Richardson, four. Like, nothing crazy happens. It's just, like, yeah. that is also a possibility. Um, but it'll be fun, man. I, I I think the Bears have a lot of options. I think they're going to accrue a lot of picks. And I think um, I think they're going to walk away from this as, as, you know, one of the winners of the 2023 NFL draft. And it's hard not to be with, uh, with the flexibility that they have. Yeah, let's hope so. And, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, like Kevin said, we'll be back on Monday. We'll break down every pick that was made, how they fit with the team, if we think they were taken too late or if it was a steal. Uh, and, and we'll talk about it. We'll break it all down and kind of project forward for uh, next season as it gets closer because uh, the draft is the, the next big hurdle before offseason program starts. So we'll see how it goes on Monday. We'll be back. So join us for that. Uh, myself and Kevin will break it all down. Every pick, every everyone that's made, everyone that's selected and your new Chicago Bears rookies. So excited for that. Come around for that. We'll be here on Monday. Bears Nation podcast brought to you by ONTAP Sports Net. We will see you Monday. And until then, bear down. Bear down.